Hello, Dark Trio. By the way, that needs to be a T-shirt. Uh, I would totally buy it. You guys can make that happen. That'd be sweet. On to my question, though. Um, and it's actually not a question, but more I need your recommendations. Um, a friend of mine, their kid is finally getting into horror movies. They are 14 years old, and we just watched The Quiet Place Part 1 and 2 back-to-back in the movie theater. Um, love them both. And they are very excited to start getting into other horror movies. Um, so I need some recommendations for your guys' best favorite uh, PG-13 horror movies, if you could. And their parents have also said that they will allow them to watch one rated R horror movie. So it be your best rated R horror movie recommendation. I know that's like asking to find a needle in a haystack, but you guys are the experts, so I know you can do it. Dark Trio. Thanks, and keep up the great work with the podcast. Thanks, caller. Uh, we will get right on making those T-shirts. As a matter of fact, uh, hopefully we'll have T-shirts showing up in the Bloody Disgusting store soon. But first and foremost, let's get to the important stuff. Our favorite PG-13 movies. And I think what we're going to do is limit it to three PG-13 picks each and one rated R. The one rated R because you requested (laughs) just one. (laughs) I know, I know. The confines of it all. Well, in that case, let's start with you, Xena. Why? (laughs) Okay, all right, fine. Okay, so PG-13 first. Um, I'm going to go with The Visit from 2015. That's PG-13. I'm also going to go with Happy Death Day because I think a lot of, you know, kids will like it. Happy Death Day was PG-13? It was. I know. I don't remember that. Um, And then a a last one, just because I like this one, I'm going to still stick with being um, modern. I'm going to go with Lights Out from 2016. And Mm. then... Rated R, just one. No, we'll, we'll, we'll stick with PG-13 for now. Okay. We'll, we'll go to Megan first. We'll give you time. <laughs> to, to <get> <laughs> All right, Megan, how about you? Uh, I'm going with, since they watched A Quiet Place movies, I'm going with the same kind of like family-ish oriented horror. So Insidious. Nice. Mm, uh, that was going to be Tremors. Because, you know. Oh, that was a good one, too. Yeah, it's PG-13, but some monster fun. And then Arachnophobia. Yeah. Oh, that was a runner-up for me too. Nice. I I had to go back and look because there was even a few where I was like, "That was PG thirteen, <laughs> but mine is a fourteen oh eight, um, with John Cusack, the Stephen King adaptation, uh, The Ring, mm-hmm. which I don't remember being PG thirteen, but who knows? And then for my third one, I was gonna say Tremors, but instead I'm gonna say The Sixth Sense. Nice. Pretty, you know, especially if you're a 14 year old, you're just getting into horror. That's a pretty, yeah, kind of easier way into things. Mm-hmm. All right, now back to Xena. One rated R pick. Fine. Uh, I'm gonna go with 13 Ghosts from 2001. Dang. Not, nightmares. Nice. Forever. That child in with some <laughs> nude, nude ghosts. <laughs> you, you gotta Megan? learn one day, okay? <laughs> <laughs> if you need some anatomy, this—that's the winner. <laughs> um, yes. I took a different approach. I went with Army of Darkness because Ooh. I think there might be like one f bomb. Uh, there's really no sex or nudity, and the gore is mostly of the monster variety. And Zena's laughing because she's like no, hardcore, but... <laughs> and I'm taking parental. Uh, but... But in my defense, 13 Ghosts, it is family-oriented. Oh, yeah, so it is. It is, but, there you know, you go. definitely higher on the gore and, and it's got some nudity in there. So, you know, parents beware See, a little bit. And I almost added, or said drag me to hell for PG-13. Me too. And then I was going to follow that up with, like, Evil Dead or Evil Dead 2 for my rated R. But instead, I'm going to say Jaws for my rated R. Nice. That's a good one. Just because, again... It's a smooth transition, I think. 14-year-old, sure, you can be scared of the water and everything. But if you don't live by an ocean, you're going to be fine. So you don't have to worry about it too much. Yeah. With that, welcome to the Bloody Disgusting Podcast. Everyone, the podcast where we discuss all the disgusting things we love in the horror world. And to discuss the disgusting, you know her as lead movie critic for Bloody Disgusting, horror movie fanatic and journalist Megan Navarro. Hey, Megan. Hi. 
and you know her from her YouTube channel and website, Real Queen of Horror, and her infinite love for the genre, Zena Dixon. Hey, Zena. Hello. And I'm John. If you're listening to this on a Wednesday when the episode drops, we hope your week's been filled with all the best kinds of horror. And if not, we're going to do our quick round the tables for all the movies, books, games, or anything else in horror that are making the three of us smile right now. Maybe there'll be things that'll make you smile too. So you know what's been filling your heart this week. Ghoulies! I checked out Ghoulies <laughs> from 1984 or 1985, HBO Max. I watched it one time, but it was a long time ago, so I did not remember it at all. So a young man and his girlfriend moved to an old mansion where he becomes possessed by a desire to control ancient demons. So it's very charming. It's cheesy. It's obviously from the 80s. So there's black magic and there are these like devilish, greasy, drooling creatures running around, just popping out of bushes and stuff. It's it's cute. So uh, this guy named Jonathan, uh, again, like he he didn't know his parents, but then he inherits uh, this mansion. His parents, they were really into dark arts, occult type of stuff. And one day he finds his dad's spell book. And then that's when things start getting freaky. He becomes obsessed with just, you know, practicing dark magic in the basement in the middle of the day, you know, resurrecting demons from the garden. He even tries to impregnate his girlfriend um, so he can have like a a demon baby ear, you know? It's crazy. What a nice guy. (laughs) Oh, plus there's a, there is a demon creature that pops out of the toilet. I don't know. It just, it made me laugh. It, was... it has to, because that's what they put on their cover art to sell the movie. See, and, yeah. And I don't even remember that part from the original. I feel like I remember watching it like, where's the toilet? Yeah. <laughs> like, I think I, I was so confused watching the first one. It's Give so me that weird. toilet creature. Yeah. I liked it overall. It, it kind of felt like, uh, it had like the same magical type of vibe, like Troll from 1986. And I know that it's like the same studio. Yeah. So, and stuff like that. And never forget Harry Potter Jr. But because (laughs) I watched the first one, I have to, you know, sometime this week, watch the second one. Yes. See how I feel about it and stuff. I I need to know. Okay. Well, I'm really excited. I'm really excited. I like part two more than I like part one. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. But. You know, I, yeah, there's still probably black magic. It's like they take it to, like, an amusement park, and I feel like the, the ghoulies have a little bit more personality in part two. Ooh. And, and to know, tie it in with Patreon, I feel like part three almost has a sleepaway camp part three vibe to it. Oh, my is, God. Is that where they go to college? Yeah. Okay. Which I know sleepaway camp three isn't in college, but it feels like a very similar movie. Okay. Well... All right, now you guys just have me amped to like just just watch it. Uh, oh, we have our new series for Patreon. Yeah, Uh-oh. so I, this will probably be. Uh-oh. I think that could be fun. Uh, so next up, I checked out uh, the teen sci-fi psychological horror disturbing behavior from 1980, 1998 um, on Tubi. Uh, the new kid in Cradle Bay, Washington, stumbles across something sinister about the town's method. Of transforming on transforming its unruly teens into upstanding citizens. I've always felt like this one is like really underrated for some reason. I noticed that people it, it's so weird because it's like I feel like the faculty's underrated, but I hear more people talk about the faculty, but they don't really talk about this one. I and, love um, the faculty. It is the faculty is a, is a good time, um, but I don't know. I think I kind of prefer. I don't know why I made my face like that. Thank God only you guys could see. <laughs> Describe it. Somebody describe it. My eyes Just like for us. My eyes did something crazy. No, but yeah, like um I don't know. I, I just feel like this one has like a, a really cool feel to it. It's like a modern, you know, Stepford wives minus the wives. It's just with teens. To put teens. Yeah, they like to bake and study together and hang out at the yogurt shop. Which honestly, that yogurt shop seemed like it was a good time. I would want to hang out there. But anyway, the best um, uh, janitor ever, right? Or custodian. So I don't. Yeah. I don't know what his official. He's a rat catcher for the school. William Sadler, love him. Just so outrageous. <laughs> just love it. But yeah, it just feels like a real like '90s sci-fi with horror elements. And um, oh yeah, I, I, I liked it a lot. It was nice rewatching it because it's been a while. And also, you know, the way that they talk, like it's whoa. Can we please bring back the word razor? I, did anybody say that? I don't remember in 1990. I don't, anybody. not to okay. my knowledge, no. Well, we need to start. When we think that something is cool, yeah, that's Razor. Or if we hate something, 
who put the acid in my spam? You know, let's do that. <laughs> who put the acid in my spam? Yeah. We're doing huh. it, Megan. <laughs> I don't even eat spam. So I wouldn't know if people put acid in it. There you go. That's what you just say it. You just say whatever you You are feel. going to have to write me a lingo guide so I can start <laughs> practicing to get these to stick in my mouth. <laughs> but yeah, that's that was just pretty much it for me. So what about you? I am uh, currently in the middle of Tribeca coverage. Um, that's going on both in New York and virtually. So you can buy individual tickets, I'm pretty sure, still for uh, movies that are still premiering throughout the week. Um, one of them that I saw that I enjoyed was My Heart Can't Beat Unless You Tell It To. And if you are not participating in Tribeca or buying virtual tickets, that's fine because it's coming to BOD on June 25th. It is uh, basically about two siblings that find themselves at odds at how to, on how to care for their frail and sickly younger brother. Um, this is Jonathan Quartz's feature debut. It's a very slow character study. Much It reminds me a lot of uh, We Are What We Are, except trade out cannibalism for vampire they don't even say the word vampire Ooh. at all but their their younger brother who is played by owen campbell who is in uh, super dark times he's super frail deathly allergic to the sun cannot eat anything except for fresh blood and you've got the oldest sibling uh, who's played by patrick fugit who goes out and gets people um for his food but he doesn't really feel good about it. So he, you know, it opens with him cruising and picking up a homeless guy and bringing him back. And his sister, the middle sibling, is the ruthless, practically minded one who just goes about slitting his throat and letting it spill into a bucket. So she's definitely the more ruthless one and he's the more morally conscious one. And it's just this kind of like, uh, you know, tearing this family apart. It's, this is no way to live. But it's very interesting spin on kind of vampire. If you liked... We are what we are, and that that heavy emphasis on family drama, then this is definitely for you. And then yes. I checked out uh, No Man of God at Tri Tribeca, but it is coming to theaters this August. And it is about the complicated relationship that formed between FBI analyst Bill Hagmeyer and serial killer Ted Bundy during his final, not even years, his final days, really, on death row. Uh, but it's... I'm not going to lie. When I learned of this movie, I was a little skeptical because we are kind of inundated with serial killer content and especially mm -hmm. Ted Bundy content between documentaries. And there was that Zac Efron movie and series. And like, there's just so much true crime stuff that I thought, do we really need more? Um, but Luke Kirby stars as Bundy and Elijah Wood plays Hagmire. It was directed by... Uh, Amber Seeley and written by C. Robert Cargill under a pen name. He's one half of the writers behind Sinister and he used real life transcripts um, to kind of make this or write this chamber piece and it's just really really interesting because it's two fantastic performances basically mostly set within an interrogation room as they're getting vulnerable with each other and it really kind of unglamorizes or desensationalizes Bundy. Like there's nothing romantic about this version of him. He's just this really remorseless evil thing, which I thought was well done. You're not going to get any revelations that you didn't already know if you are not well-versed on Ted Bundy. But the way that they do it, it they focus more on Hagmire. I like that. Uh, they used some actual footage from the era. Um, it's just really well done. It's If you're looking for new bits of salacious details, that's not this type of movie. It's just a very artfully um, intricate, emotionally complex movie that's more about how Bundy kind of affected emotionally and mentally those that kind of had to deal with him. So, yeah. Do you know what year this was set in? Uh, 80, I think it starts in 84 and then, you know, literally is the days leading up to his execution. Wow. Cause I'm trying to remember, I feel like the Watchmen was published in like 83 or 84, but that reminds me of like the, like the actual like graphic novel of the Watchmen. Uh, you don't see it so much in the movie, but 
the the relationship between the psychologist that comes in to talk to Rorschach in the prison mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is considerably longer in the graphic novel. And that's what it makes me think of. Oh, really? That that the it focuses on him. Like, he goes home and, like, his world is changing. Like, sitting there with Rorschach and, like, you're not necessarily getting these really deep revelations about who Rorschach is. Yeah. Like, he's clearly broken. He comes from a broken place. But the impact that it has on him outside of those interrogations and how it's changed his life, it suddenly was like, did Alan Moore know about this, like, when he was writing it? Because it just... I don't know why I just jumped out there and I felt like contributing. Yeah. No, I mean, that is, that is very similar. Um, and you know, Elijah Wood is amazing in this. I mean, the emotional, it's, it's a very like quiet movie that's heavy on dialogue and theology versus science and, and whatnot, but it builds emotionally in, in this really great way. So again, if you're looking for these great graphic details, like, no, it's just an evil man. And I appreciate that they took that route. I just think that, you know, Amber Seeley did a really great job and it just kind of depends on what you're looking for. Nice. So, yeah. Nice. And I watched 1967 Spider Baby, Megan's pick on Tubi. In a dilapidated rural mansion, the last generation of a degenerate inbred Mary family lives with the inherited curse of a disease that causes them to mentally regress as they physically develop. The family chauffeur looks out for them and covers up their indiscretions. Trouble comes when greedy distant relatives and their lawyer arrive to dispossess the family of its home. All right, Megan, why this one? Because I love it. Um, <laughs> it's like Adam's family, but not wholesome. It's just super darkly funny to me. And I feel like you needed some uh, older classics in your life. So when I, I watched the trailer and it seemed like pure camp cheesiness, whatever. And then I saw Sid Haig yeah. in his role as like a pinhead type character. Not pinhead from... No. No, but like a sideshow character, but whatever. And and at first I was like, oh, this seems like it's going to be oddly uncomfortable. I can't believe how much I like this movie. <laughs> so something that really captured me is how good the acting was. Lon Chaney like, Jr. I thought Lon yeah. Chaney Jr. was really good, but like the cast around him. Oh, yeah. Did a really good job. Like, it surprised me because it starts out pretty hokey. The delivery man, the postman shows up and gets, like, stabbed by Spider Baby. Which, in the trailer, by the way, if anyone watches it, it says, and starring Lon Chaney Jr. and Spider Baby. They don't call the actress by her real name. And she's... She's listed in the credits by her real name. They just call her Spider Baby like it was going to be a thing. But it's it's... It's a 60s movie. It feels it's in the veins of like House on Haunted Hill. And actually the same uh, actress stars in it too. And But there's, it's also got like that 60s cheesiness like, I'm going to have a scene where I'm just slowly dancing around my room in my lingerie. <laughs> and then we're going to cut to Lon Chaney Jr. doing a monologue for five minutes and then cut back and she's still slowly dancing in her lingerie before being chased out of the house. Like... Okay, sure. Why not? But uh, yeah, I was like the 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 narrator of the story and star, like one of the relatives. He like he's oddly funny when he's getting tied to a chair. Spoilers, I guess, by Spider Baby, and like he, but he's like completely clueless but funny at the same time. Like '60s movies for me can be really hit or miss right. for like that campy cheesiness. Yeah. But I think they found the sweet spot of acknowledging what it was, but doing it really well. (laughs) So it was completely out of my wheelhouse. I never been on my radar. I would have watched the trailer for something like this and been like, oh, Lon Chaney Jr. (laughs) So wait, do you have a favorite character? Oh, um... It was probably Lon Chaney, actually. <laughs> like uh, of the of the siblings, you want me to say like Spider Baby si- or something? I do don't because you? she's great. She is. She's so. so she keeps ears she, in a box. <laughs> she keeps ears in a box. She has her Spider Babies. She has 
just like her her little stocking like she does this like little stocking type dance with like a spider net and two <laughs> knives it's just so weird like that's a mental regression that's a 10 year old that's what they're telling me <laughs> like that's the mental crazy. acuity of a 10 year old it is it's so it's strange it's campy but at least in my opinion it's it's remarkably well acted for that kind of camp yeah, I uh, totally recommend it i think it's got that like little bit of a dark edge that helps balance the camp a bit mm-hmm. it does because you really because bad stuff happens in the movie yeah like, let's not and then bad stuff happens and then really strange reactions to the bad stuff happens like that caused someone <laughs> to just go crazy okay naturally not quite sh- not quite sure why but okay um but really fun. If if anyone's curious about checking out some 60s movies that's not necessarily on the radar, totally recommend checking out Spider Baby on Tubi. It's, yes. It's interesting. And then I watched 2018's Pie Wacket on Hulu, Xena's pick. Yeah. A frustrated, angst-ridden teenage girl awakens something in the woods when she naively performs an occult ritual to evoke a witch to kill her mother. All right, Xena, why this one? Okay, so two reasons. One, Ooh. obviously you should be careful what you wish for, but especially yeah. when it involves demons slash a witch. And it actually just, this was just one of those movies that creeps me out. Left me uncomfortable. This is a great movie. Woo! I, because it, it's super understated. Like, it doesn't, like, beat you over the head with exposition. It does a whole lot more showing than telling. Yeah. about what's going on like yeah you still get like the the occult expert who knows maybe a little bit more than reality would allow sort of thing and and the mother-daughter relationship is brutal to it watch is. yeah like th- that mom is rough like she she doesn't give a whole lot of credit some of the stuff she says to her daughter is like okay listen i don't condone summoning a a woodland deity to kill your parents and (laughs) if mom if a mom said that to a teenage like a teenage boy or girl yeah i get it i get that that would be a reaction that's like there's some horrible things being said but i love uh the personification of piwacket too Mm -hmm. like especially there's a moment not really spoilers like you don't really see it. You kind of see it. And there's moments where it's just kind of like shadows mm-hmm. and like you're just kind of watching these moments. And it, it's uh, it's filmed brilliantly. I think like yeah. the, the angles of the shots, um, like I said, it's really understated. It doesn't tell you too much. It like makes you guess what's going on or just fill in, fill in the blanks yourself. And it, it's brutal to watch in a lot of different ways. But... But not over the top brutal. Not right, like, right. Not not like I finished it and felt like, oh, did I, I put myself through something. To see right. That. And I like the fact that it does like it dabbles with that dark stuff, but it doesn't. It didn't make me feel like, oh man, maybe I shouldn't be watching this, you know, because it felt so real what she was doing. Yeah. Um, but the part that just honestly just stays with me and will forever, when her friend, she came over to visit. Uh huh. And it's like, what that's a, happened? That's a great scene, <laughs> right? And it's just, I love the fact that as the viewers, we don't see it, we don't see yeah. what happened, and I mean, it, it freaked me out. Like they were just fine with still being there. Like clearly, there must be something wrong with her. So you would think, of course, you know what the mom thinks of her friends in the first True. place. So she probably just thought her friend was high or something, right. and. Yeah, no, it's it's a great movie. It's on Hulu. Total recommend uh, if you're interested in like any spirits or spooks mm-hmm. or, or ghost type stuff, rituals. Big recommend. I think it's really, and really well done. The director, Adam McDonald, um, he's actually directing the series uh, Slasher Flesh and Blood season four. It's coming on Shudder. August 12th, so mark your calendars. (laughs) I think Zeta might be super excited about that one. I'm so excited about it. I love that series. I think it's a lot of fun. So We're not to that part of the show yet. I'm sorry. No, she plug away. You share your excitement. We're we're discussing what brings us joy, and that brings us joy. No, fair, fair point. 
<laughs> Absolutely understand. <laughs> and he's a great director. It's a great movie. I'm, it's going to make me want to watch season four of Slasher coming August when? 12th. There you go. <laughs> and then I actually watched quite a few horror movies this week. Tubi released a bunch of them. Uh, there were a lot of 90s and early 2000 ones that I watched that I'm just not going to repeat. So I picked my favorite, and that was 2002's Ghost Ship. A salvage crew discovers a long-lost 1962 passenger ship floating lifeless in a remote region of the Bering Sea and soon notices that its long-dead inhabitants may still be on board. So I think Megan watched this at some point during our run. Maybe we just talked about, like, certain scenes. I'm pretty sure we talked about for. certain scenes because I'm positive we've talked about that brilliant the opening. The opening scene. Yeah. 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 I, uh, it'll, show up, it'll show up on every list for the rest of time for, like, unforgettable opening scenes in horror. Like, yeah. it just will. Or opening scenes that were better than the rest of the movie. <laughs> Which I don't necessarily think is true. But the thing that – so I was watching this, and I watched Virus too. And I think I like Ghost Ship a lot more than Virus. And with Jimmy Lee Curtis and Donald Sutherland, which is also on Tubi. But the thing I like about Ghost Ship is it had that late 90s, early 2000s thing of let's get a really big, well-known cast and a pretty good-sized budget like uh, like The Haunting had with Liam Neeson. Mm-hmm. Like, And the script is going to be okay but let's see what all these actors can do with it and i really 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 like the movie right up until like the last 10 minutes like i think it does a really good job of just being like atmospheric and just kind of that late 90s early 2000s kind of cheesy horror like jump scary but it's like really well shot and like set des- like big set designs and stuff like that and that's like Dark Uh-oh. Castle's M.O. Like, that's everything, this Dark Castle movie. Yeah. So, like, House on Haunted Hill and yeah. 13 Ghosts, Ghost Ship. Like, they nailed big budget sets and set pieces. And even the cast. Like, all yeah. of that. I miss that. And they kind of all fall apart in the last 20 minutes. <laughs> For me. Uh, but I really... I really enjoy it. This is just kind of, this is kind of comfort watch territory for me. I would totally throw this on in the background like doing chores or whatever. It's just it's funny to watch as big a stars as like Gabriel Byrne on screen in Ghost Ship. <laughs> like about the premise of like these souls being collected on a ship. It's I'm it's 18 years removed. I don't have to say spoilers. And just I don't know. There's something it's and it's kind of aquatic horror. There's something I do like uh, along the lines of um oh what did I just watch? Uh uh the the other one that was set on the cruise ship that triangle? Megan told me that yeah. Triangle. Thank you. I was going to say time crimes just because like the mask is <laughs> uh and well uh but triangle like something about uh, being on a cruise ship like you're stuck. Yeah. Like you're just there and they're going to find a way to isolate you even more. Like, what are you going to do? Just jump overboard and hope for the best. You're at sea, buddies. Yeah, you're stuck. Okay, before we move on, what did we watch and how do we watch it? I watched Ghoulies on HBO Max and Disturbing Behavior on Tubi. I watched My Heart Can't Beat Unless You Tell It To and No Man of God, uh, Trebekah. But they're coming soon this summer to BOD and theaters. I watched Spider Baby on Tubi, Pie Wacket on Hulu, and Ghost Ship on Tubi. Okay, before we move on, what am I watching next? Uh, Zena, you're up first. Um, have you seen Little Evil on Netflix from 2017? What was that about? Uh, this guy, he <laughs> he moves in with his girlfriend, or it could be his wife, I don't remember, and her, her son, he's kind of evil. <laughs> No, I don't think I have. Okay, I'm just with that description. Funny. Okay. <laughs> you said it's on Netflix? Yes. Okay. All right. And Megan? Have you watched The Shrine? Ooh. I have. Yep. Okay. What about Honeymoon? I don't think so. That's on Tubi. Hmm. All right. Honeymoon on Tubi. 
All right. Enough about what we've been watching this week. It's time for Megan to bring us up to speed on the news and trending topics in the world of horror. So what's going on, Megan? Did you have Stephen King gets another adaptation on your bingo card? Yeah, that's the free space in the middle of the card. <laughs> no, I think that's a waste of a free space. Stephen King getting an adaptation is a pretty sure bet these days. And guess exactly, what? Exactly, it's a gimme. Come on. Yeah, that's why you use your free space to something less obscure, so you can win bingo, John. I'm. We're going to have oh. to win. <laughs> Gosh. Someone gets real intense on bingo night, I can tell, and gets mad at guys like me who are not paying attention. You pay attention so I can win a prize. I actually don't remember the last time I played bingo, so, you know, I'm full of hot air today. Uh, so Hannibal, the creator, Brian Fuller, is directing a new take on Stephen King's Christine. The uh, killer car Christine is coming back to life. You cannot keep a bad car down. Uh, Brian Fuller, who previously did Hannibal, which was canceled far too soon, is directing for Blumhouse and Sony. Uh, he's also reportedly going to be writing the brand new adaptation. Interesting to note that Fuller previously wrote the teleplay for 2002's TV movie, Carrie, another Stephen King story. So this is not his first uh, brush with Stephen King. The 1983 original was directed by John Carpenter about a shy teen in the john carpenter movie he was played by arnie cunningham wait does that is arnie cunningham now i'm getting confused was arnie the character's name or the actor i don't know sounds like it was the character's name yeah there you go shard there you go so shy teen arnie who comes out of his shell after he buys a 58 plymouth fury to fix up the car has a mind of its own as well as murderous past and begins to change him and everyone around him in the most dangerous fashion uh, Fuller's intention is to keep it in an 80s time period and grounded in King's bestseller. Producers include Blum, Vincenzo Natale, who previously directed Splice, and Stephen Hoban. It probably is worth noting that Vincenzo Natale also recently helmed an adaptation of Stephen King and Joe Hill's story in The Tall Grass for Netflix. Uh, nice. So everybody's well-versed in Stephen King because Jason Blum is also producing Firestarter remake. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so Stephen King's Christine was published in 1983, the same year that the movie was released. And Carpenter's adaptation is pretty beloved today, but it wasn't exactly hit upon release. So uh, how Sounds do like we Carpenter. Feel? Yeah, poor Carpenter. Uh, but how do we feel about Christine? Um, I'm, I, think that it, I think it could be cool because I like Brian Fuller, so... Um, obviously, but besides from from Hannibal, he wrote Dead Like Me, the Showtime series that was canceled mm. and it ruined my life. Um, that was good so, too. <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't know. I'm 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 open to it. So, yeah, Christine was never my favorite adaptation. It was just the movie itself was fine, uh-huh. but the idea of the haunted car just never really worked for me so i'm i'm more curious to see what direction the remake will go with it yeah um just because you know it it plays heavy on stephen king loves bullied characters and it's like okay it's a revenge tale and now it's about a car and it's like oh okay like that's fine it's interesting but i i'm really i would really like to see a new take on it by new, I don't know, or fresh take on it, yeah. I guess, or something I just don't expect. Right, like it's a haunted car. Okay, go. What are you gonna do with it? <laughs> like, I feel like that's a challenge. Yeah, but I do think that Fuller's probably the one up to the task for giving you the unexpected. I mean, Hannibal, like people, yeah. you know, you say Hannibal's getting a TV show, and you're like, oh, great, but look what he did with that. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. I can't believe that was on network TV. Right? <laughs> there were some episodes where I was like, oh my God, this is hard for me to watch. Those death the mushroom thing. were oh. macabre work of art there. Uh, so oh. yeah, I I feel like another Stephen King adaptation. Okay. I'm kind of more curious at this point when the Stephen King adaptation train will slow down. Because it's never. been nonstop really since it. Never. Yeah, never. Never. So, you know, if you give me good they ones, I don't care. They still have a lot care. of Dark Tower books to get to. They, that's a tough ask there, I think. They've been having a I'm, hard time getting that off the ground. I'm actually hoping that they'll uh, redo uh, Rose Red. 
Remember those yeah. like mini Oh, I would like, love a redo of Rose Red. Yeah, someone yeah. should do that. Okay. I agree. All right, that's what we're asking for. Give us that next. <laughs> that's all. That's it. <laughs> um, the Conjuring creators have set Saw filmmaker to direct new horror franchise, The LaLaurie Mansion. The Conjuring creators Chad and Carrie Hayes and producers Faster Horse Pictures have set Saw 2 through 4 director and Spiral from the Book of Saw director Darren Lynn Bowsman to helm their new horror franchise, The LaLaurie Mansion. Bowsman will direct the lead-off film in the proposed series of movies about the infamous New Orleans property. The LaLaurie house was made infamous by its resident, Madame LaLaurie, a New Orleans socialite and serial killer who tortured and murdered numerous slaves there in the 1800s. After her crimes were exposed following a house fire in 1834, she fled the city and was never arrested. They, I think the ghost tour said that they suspect she just lived out her days in Europe. Thousands of tourists still travel to the city every year to visit the property. The Hayes brothers have written the film screenplay in the house, and production will shoot portions of the film on site as well, despite public access not being possible since 1932. That's because it's privately owned. Uh, the first movie will be set in the present day, and is currently casting for a fourth quarter shoot. Uh, it's had several owners, including Nicolas Cage, and I've done a ghost tour, which I think we talked about, uh, on a previous episode, but he he blames this house for cursing him for his tax woes, is what they said on this yeah. ghost tour. <laughs> Which is why he has the pu- the pyramid yeah. stone waiting for him in Cemetery 32. Uh, so, you know, obviously Cage does not own this anymore, but it is now owned by Michael Whalen, a partner and collaborator with Faster Horse, who is providing access to this... Why, why, we'll get there in a second. So this, the stories in the proposed franchise will unfold in multiple installments covering the history of the house from recent events back to the origins of the house's history and its sinister owner. Bowsman, who recently stayed in the mansion, stated, Joining this project is a dream come true for me. For as long as I can remember, I have been obsessed with the paranormal. Anyone who studies the supernatural knows the legends and lore of the LaLaurie Mansion. It's the holy grail of these types of environments. Recently, I was allowed access to the house and was able to stay there with the Hayes brothers. There is no way to articulate my 72 hours inside those walls. The house consumes you. Its history cripples you. The Hayes brothers have crafted such an emotional, suspenseful, and scary narrative. I can't wait to introduce the world to this unbelievable location. Would you stay in the LaLaurie Mansion? Uh, that's hmm. a no for me. And uh... for, Like, would I pay to? or No, like, if, if you got offered to stay there, would you? Tell you what, buy me dinner at Commander's Palace, and I absolutely will. That... If, Dinner, dinner to movie. Yeah. Well, I don't even need the movie. Dinner is good with me. So that probably already answers this next question. Would you, if you had the money, would you buy the Lori Mansion or an equivalent, a place with an extensive history of uh, misfortune and tragedy? I wouldn't on this level because... It involved the torture and mutilation of slaves. And I'm like, I don't want anything to do with that history. You know, it, it, because it's like, well, what do I turn that into a museum? And I'd be like, ah, I don't want to deal with that. And it's like, do I want to live there? No, I don't want to live there either. Like, it's one of those things where, like, you go around New Orleans and people who are from there are, like, pointing stuff out that's, like, like there's a building that all you can see is exchange on the side of it. And they're like, what do you think they were exchanging? And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> it's like, but it's still there, like, as a reminder. And there's, like, hooks in the wall and stuff. It's like, it's it's tough. Right. Um, now, the Stanley Hotel, maybe. I don't know. The whole hotel. You've yeah, just you, the whole You went hotel. for, like, because if you've been to New Orleans, it's a big house, but it's kind of unassuming. Like, I don't think if... You know, it looks like oh, yeah, everything the, else in the French Quarter, you know, but you want to yeah, go even corner, bigger yeah. with the Stanley Hotel. Yeah. <laughs> Zena, what about, would you buy yeah. a haunted house? 
Uh, it depends. It depends on the history. That house? No. Yeah, no. You know, I don't. I don't want to be haunted by some racist lady. But the Stanley Hotel. Well, she <laughs> never even. She never even like died there. She got away scot free. True, but she. She. Who knows? She's probably there, Megan. She's probably there. She came back. So- <laughs> Yeah, I feel like that one's a bad one for a lot. The bad history, the constant influx of tourists that pass by and stand outside your window and listen to stories about Nicolas yeah. Cage. Yeah, that's a whole bad news. You have a haunted doll, though, don't, don't you, Zena? Oh, Molly and Polly. But they're nice. Oh, you have two! Yes, yeah, so they're my sweet little babies. They're fine. How, how did you get them? You know, it's weird. Um, one of my husband's co-workers, we helped her move. And I just saw these beautiful dolls. And I was like, wow, those are really cool. And she's like, oh, do you want them? I was like, yeah. I mean, clearly that's a horror movie, but I don't know. I, I just think they're cool. What I love doing is I love moving them around the house and then saying they're moving. You know? <laughs> so. I, love I it. did that with my Ouija board just once. My wife was not entertained. <laughs> yeah, you slept on the couch that night. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's always weird when you have an announcement of a planned franchise because you don't know what will stick with audiences or not. Um, Mm -hmm. I do kind of appreciate that not everything will be like they'll set things in the present day because I'm kind of more curious about that. I'm a little weirded out by getting in in depth with LaLaurie's uh, terrible terrible past right so yeah i'm it's very interesting though i i do like the people involved so we shall see i don't want to buy it i don't want to stay there either so maybe a movie is for me um i was gonna say like i did see on twitter darren bozeman he did respond to someone who asked that question just like oh really you yes how could you like make something like this knowing about the history you know, a woman who, or a person who, like, tortured slaves and for people for years and killed innocent people. And he actually responded, and he said that um, it, he wants it to be more about the house and not about yeah. the owner. So, yeah. I mean, that gives me hope. Like, so it's just like, I mean, at first I was interested, but then when you think about that person, yeah. you know, it's kind of a turn off. Yeah, but I, I mean, that makes sense with it. You know, I think the some of the movies being set, in the present day right makes it about the house so that totally makes sense um for sure yeah i hope that means that it's some sequel we'll see in a nicholas cage <laughs> version of the lalori but not played by nicholas cage <laughs> like who would play nicholas cage in a nicholas cage movie hmm. shia labeouf <laughs> okay <laughs> he could yeah Good. yeah um and then Las Vegas attraction Escape Blair Witch transports fans to Burkittsville, Maryland. This is something I want to do, but I don't have any plans to go to Vegas. So somebody uh, let me live vicariously through you. Call us in and, and report how this this the, the experience was. So Lionsgate is dropping fans of the Blair Witch Project into the woods with brand new experience exclusive to Las Vegas. They have teamed with Egan Escape Productions to unveil an immersive escape experience in the heart of Vegas, this time featured on, obviously, the Blair Witch film franchise so opening in early summer 2021 so probably right about now escape blur which will bring the classic horror film franchise to life in the first ever official escape experience it will be located in the same expansive facility that housed the fan favorite uh, saw escape room in las vegas it's the first immersive escape themed after the saw films that's not obvious um, as guests enter, they will immediately be transported to the lifelike small village of Burkittsville, Maryland, to investigate mysterious happenings and the disappearance within the community. Investigators will need to work together to escape multiple rooms that bring the classic film and the curse of the Blair Witch to life. Trekking through the iconic Black Hills Forest will be just one of the dramatic and terrifying elements that provide exciting twists, putting the guests to the test. So, you know, they will have COVID protocols in place and you will have to make reservations. If you want more information or to book reservations, visit escapeblairwitch.com. So I thought we talk about movies all the time. Let's talk about experiences and how jealous I will be if you guys get to go. Because I think escape rooms, I've only done like one, but they always fascinate me. I want to do them. 
And I would really love to do them when they have this fancy, like, you know, they've got money. Lionsgate teamed it up. So can you imagine the production value of this experience? Yes. I think that we should plan a trip. I think that we should go and have a good time, live our best lives in Vegas doing that. And then hey, we can go gambling this... after. We should eat at a buffet. That's what I'm more interested. We're going to escape the Blair Witch Woods and eat it. Why are you not wanting to eat at a buffet, John? Don't eat at buffets in Vegas. Why? There's so much other good food there. Yeah, there are good buffets too. Uh... How do you know? <laughs> I used to go to Vegas a lot. So is wow. the Caesar's Palace buffet bad? The what is it called? Like the Bacchanal? Uh, it's a it's big, but it's bad. But it doesn't. Well, I don't know how much they're turning it over for the cost. Fair. There's plenty of other restaurants that I, I would rather well, go to. Well, all I'm saying is let's go eat, okay? okay. And then stop by the fo- <laughs> like the chocolate places. Yeah. yeah. After we have escaped Burkittsville. Uh yeah. My brother was actually just there. If I'd have known, if it was open, I would have paid him just to go, just to tell me. <laughs> I don't know if it's open yet. It says early 2021. Um, but yeah, it's like, I, I'm always a sucker for themed experiences, especially if it's horror. So, you know, if we don't make it out there, somebody listening should and tell us how it went and if you survived. And... <laughs> Yes, tell us if you survive. Tell us if you survive. You, but that's how escape rooms go. You hold up the signs and you're like, I didn't make it. Oh, gotcha. Oh, As opposed I to don't... dying inside the room. I don't expect that this thing is actually going to kill anybody. That would be bad I'm for out. business. Not worth it. Yeah, Stay I'm a ghost. I didn't live. Don't don't spend money on it. Yeah, no. You goofball. Uh, yeah, and... Last but definitely not least, our own Zena Dixon is producing it's Mental me. Health and Horror, doc- a documentary. So, congrats. Yeah. Thanks, now spill guys. the beans and give us the deets. Well, I'm really excited about it. Um, this is actually my first producing role. And so, um, you know, it's just it's ex- exciting times. So, yeah. <laughs> just a little shrug. Yeah, yeah. No big deal. Just a little, it's a huge deal. Very excited for you. Very proud of you. Yeah, it's like I desperately wanted to just tell everybody, you know. She didn't even tell us. We're her horror sisters. Both of us, including Peggy. I know. I'm sorry. I wasn't allowed. But, you know, if if I could, you guys would have been the first ones to know. Because I love telling you stuff that you don't need to know and stuff that you need to know. (laughs) We like hearing it all. Yeah. And we like saying congratulations. You win awards. Yeah. Leave us in the dust. Become no. a big league producer. Our superstar. Not at all. You and Megan will be at Tribeca, and I'll just be at home watching Ghost Ship. No. <laughs> oh, you're writing a book. Hush your mouth. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's going great. Oh. All right, listeners, your turn. Uh, you know what? Just call us and congratulate Zena. Like, that's it. You don't need to. Any other feedback? You want to ask questions? Go ahead. But like, tell us how <laughs> we awesome Zena is. Questions. <laughs> okay, t- questions too. We like questions. Numbers two two four four seven five one zero four zero. Numbers in the show notes, or shoot us an email at bedisgustingpodcast at gmail dot com. Finally, Zena is going to make all our lives easier and the sea of horror movie options and clue us in on what's appearing soon that we should watch. So, what should we be watching? So, uh, coming our way June fifteenth, Tuesday, an unknown compelling force will be available on VOD. This documentary is from filmmaker Liam Logulu. I'm, uh, I'm probably messed up his name. Let's just call him Liam. Yes. And he examines the mystery surrounding deaths of nine experienced Russian hikers in the Ural Mountains in 1959. Also coming out, we have two DVDs coming our way. The first one, Anything for Jackson, which I know John and Megan both adore this movie so much. Love it. So good. My favorite. Top three for sure from last year. And also Godzilla vs. Kong will be available on DVD. So just in case if you don't want to watch it on HBO Max. So you did watch it and you're like, you know what? I want to own it. Now you can. Yeah. And then on (laughs) Thursday, June 17th, Super Deep will be available on Shudder. This is like a Russian creature feature. It sounds super familiar I don't know if they changed the name. I could have sworn that we had something that sounded a little bit similar that came out uh, early January. But 
I could be wrong, but basically it's about a small research team uh, who went down below the surface to find out what secret world's deepest borehole was hiding. What they have turned, what they have found turned out to be the greatest threat in history and the future of humanity is in their hands. So, whoa. And then we also have on June 18th, on Friday, we have Censor. It'll be available on VOD after viewing strangely a familiar video nasty, Enid, a film censor sent out to solve the past mystery of her sister's disappearance, embarking on a quest that dissolves the line between fiction and reality. And of course... Bloody uh, disgusting TV! Thank you. Treat yourself! <laughs> And that's the Bloody Disgusting podcast for this week, everyone. If you'd like to read more from Megan, you can check out her reviews at bloodydisgusting.com and on Twitter at HauntedMeg. Zena can be found on her own site, realqueenofhorror.com, and YouTube channel of the same name, or at LovelyZena on Twitter, and I'm sure updating an IMDb page soon. And you can hear me on my weekly horror narration podcast, Creepy. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast app, and feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BeDisgustingPod, on Facebook at The Bloody Disgusting Podcast, or drop us an email at BeDisgustingPodcast at gmail.com. And for even more content and rewards, check us out on Patreon.com slash BeDisgustingPod. So, for this week, I'm John. I'm Megan. I'm Zena. Grab some popcorn, cozy up on the couch, and watch something you love. Just make sure it's something bloody. Murder in America is a true crime podcast that covers stories from all 50 states, including stories of mass shootings, serial killers, and lesser-known murders. Do you find yourself doing more research after listening to a true crime show? Well, Courtney and I used to do the same thing, and that's why we created Murder in America. Our podcast dives deep into each case. Our storytelling will make you feel like you're right there within the case with us, watching it all play out, and we do not shy away from the graphic details. If you're a fan of true crime, then listen to Murder in America on Spotify now.